Good morning, this is David Bennett, and this is Bitcoin And, a podcast where I try to find the edge effect between the worlds of Bitcoin, gaming, permaculture, podcasting, and education to gain a better understanding of all. Edge effect is a concept from ecology describing a greater diversity of life where the edges of two systems overlap. While species from either system can be found at the edge, it is important to note there are species in the overlap that exist in neither system, and that is what I seek to uncover. So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. It is 9 o'clock a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It is the 8th day of September 2023. This is episode 790 of Bitcoin. And the Circle P is open for business. There are strange things are afoot at the Circle P. And the first thing that we need to know about that is that, well, Rev Hoddle, has got his Applied Permaculture class and Fireside Bitcoin meetup happening September the 16th. That's the meetup that everybody can go to. And then the Permaculture class itself will be on September the 17th, somewhere around Baroda, Michigan. If you're anywhere close to Baroda, Michigan, then you should probably go. Chicago's, honestly... Like, what was it? Uh, Chicago is like two hours away or something like that. It's not, it ain't that far away. Two hour drive, not a big deal. Plus, there's some camping. Did the, the, like, there may be some RV spots. There may be a house for rent. I don't know. I haven't actually talked to uh, Rev Hoddle about the accommodations that are left, but he is selling tickets. He sold a couple of more yesterday or the day before that. Uh, the, uh, <clears throat> one of the accommodations, the yurt is, has been booked. I, like I said, I don't know about the house, which I think sleeps six in four bedrooms, I believe. Um, but there's RV spaces and those may still be available. And then there's like some general camping around his property. If you want to know what permaculture is, why you want to know why it exists and what it can do for you, then you need to go to this class because Rev will show you what it's doing for him. He'll point, he'll take you around the property. He will go, this is what we're doing. This is how this works. This is this design aspect. And this is what it does and how it works. Here's how you implement some of these things. He'll tell you all about it. It's not going to be like a permaculture design certificate or nothing like that. But, but, but you will get your, you will start being able to wrap your mind around permaculture as a design science and he will take you further because not only is it to be used outdoors and you know tree growing systems and you know gardening and and how you you know like replay or uh, rebuild soils and all that like soil life it involves all that it involves looking at landforms and water and energy capture it involves all that but you can apply that shit to your business the way that you run your house. You can do all kinds of stuff with it. It just depends on how you look at it and if you can open your mind wide enough to be able to say, I know how I can use these principles, these design principles, these ethical principles to be able and, well, to be able to apply it inside my life that has nothing to do with a garden or land or whatever. All right, so... 
it's much more than a lot of people think that it is. And Rev Hoddle is the guy that you're going to want to go figure all this out from. 250,000 Satoshis will get you a seat September the 17th for the Applied Permaculture class. Now, let's get on to the scary. The Citizen Lab has released, well, an exploit for the iPhone. No, well, they didn't do the exploit. They basically, we'll get into it. Hold on. Quote, Apple has just issued an update for all Apple products, including iPhones, iPads, Mac computers, and Apple Watches. Jesus, man, this thing is like really bad. We encourage all users to immediately update their device. We urge all at-risk users to consider enabling lockdown mode as we believe it blocks this attack. We refer to the exploit chain as Blast Pass. That's Blast Pass. The exploit chain was capable of compromising iPhones running the latest version of iOS, which is 16.6, without any interaction from the victim. That means you don't even have to be jacking around with your phone. Somebody could just, like, I guess, have your phone number and go, yep, I'm going to screw this dude's phone over. Uh, the exploit involved pass kit attachments containing malicious images sent from an attacker's iMessage account to the victim. So that's how they get into your phone, by sending you an image to your phone number as, a, as an IM, and all of a sudden you're kind of hosed. So there is an update. Apple has released an update. I updated my phone this morning. If you haven't updated your phone, I don't normally like updating my 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 Apple phone. All right, my, I I really don't, because God only knows what else is in there. But in this particular case, I don't want somebody sending me a cat picture that's going to basically you know brick my phone or you steal all my shit out of it. So just be aware that's going on, and it ain't just the phone. It's the Apple Watch, the phone, the iPad, MacBooks, things like that. So get, yeah, understand this is kind of a bad deal. Now, on to actual news about, well, the FASB. Well, the FASB's crypto accounting shakeup could lure more corporate investment, Michael Saylor and others argue. This is out of Coindesk, written by Stephen Alfer. A big change is in how U.S. companies are now supposed to account for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. They could, own, they could, they own, they, nope, you know what? Screw that, doing it again. A big change in how U.S. companies are now supposed to account for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies they own could make businesses more willing to buy them, according to a Wall Street research shop and one of corporate America's biggest Bitcoin boosters. Currently, Accounting rules only let companies record increases in the value of their digital assets when they sell them, though losses are reflected at least once a year. But on Wednesday, the Financial Accounting Standards Board, the FASB, voted to take another path, letting companies use fair value accounting that allows them to show gains and losses immediately on their income statements. I'm pausing to remind you that if you listened to yesterday's show, I went over this. But there are some people that are now making statements about what it's going to do for them. This is basically sort of like a post-mortem of the release statement by FASB and how people are very excited about this. And they are, as well, they kind of should be. Yes, I know it's a regulatory or like a, a 
yeah, it's an agency. And I know we don't like agencies, but this particular agency has actually done something that is going to make it easier for companies to interact with Bitcoin. And for me, that's good, but I'm still, I will always be wary. I am not that trustworthy or trustworthy. I, okay, maybe I'm not trustworthy, but I don't go blindly trust FASB. Still, this sounds good. Quote, the decision is a significant development, said analysts at Stifle. They noted that generally accepted accounting principles or GAAP in the U.S. force companies to write down the value of crypto assets when prices drop, but they don't let them reverse those write-downs if prices subsequently rally, meaning balance sheets can reflect substantially lower values than what the assets would fat fetch in the open market. Quote, we could see increased receptiveness towards holding digital assets on the books for U.S.-based companies, especially during periods when the market is hot, given the improved impacts of the bottom line, the Stifle team said. MicroStrategy Executive Chairman Michael Saylor, who began loading his company's balance sheet with Bitcoin about three years ago, was less circumspect saying the rule update, quote, eliminates a major impediment to corporate adoption of Bitcoin as a treasury asset, end quote. The Stifle team noted MicroStrategy's roughly 152,300 Bitcoin at the end of the second quarter were carried on the company's books at a value of $2.3 billion, a whopping 50% or $2.3 billion less than their fair market value at the time. One caveat about the potential for adoption of crypto by companies is the level of risk aversion among CEOs and other senior executives who are paid to run their businesses, invest reserves conservatively, and deliver at least somewhat predictable earnings. Quote, most companies are widely held and not controlled by one majority holder, unlike Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy. Ex-hedge fund manager James Levish wrote in November when the momentum towards a switch to fair value accounting was building. Quote, the career risk for those in charge is too great for them to dive in and allocate their treasury cash to Bitcoin in lieu of straight cash or U.S. treasuries. FASB is expected to formally approve final language later this year, and companies at that point would be free to adopt the new standards. Companies will be required to switch over beginning with calendar year 2025. So they got a choice. They can go ahead and do it in 2024, but they're going to have to do it in 2025. And honestly, it's it's good for them. It's It actually looks good on the FASB. Hell, I mean, it's like the only forward-looking thing that I've seen out of any U.S. body in quite some time. But Michael Saylor has more to say about this shit. Coindesk, Oliver Knight is writing this one. MicroStrategy's large Bitcoin impairment losses have given a false impression, according to Berenberg. MicroStrategy will soon be able to report its Bitcoin holdings each quarter without having to recognize impairment losses if the cryptocurrency's price drops during the period in question after the FASB voted to change how companies report their finances. Investment bank Berenberg said in a report on Wednesday, since adopting its Bitcoin acquisition strategy in August of 2020, MicroStrategy has reported 200, no, 2.23 billion of cumulative impairment losses, the report said. 
MicroStrategy's largest impairment loss of $917.8 million was recorded in the second quarter of 2022. And the loss featured heavily in news coverage of the earnings, quote, given, giving the impression that the company's inherent value had been negatively impacted when this was not the case, the bank said, quote, the change should help MicroStrategy and other companies that hold digital assets to eliminate the poor optics that have been created by impairment losses under the rules that FASB has had in place, analysts led by Mark Palmer wrote. On Wednesday, the FASB voted to let companies use fair value accounting in a move that will allow firms to show gains and losses immediately on their income statements. They, the FASB is expected to formally approve final language later this year. Michael Saylor said that this eliminates a major impediment to corporate adoption of Bitcoin as a treasury asset. Now, Berenberg notes that the FASB stated that the new rules will go to it into effect in 2025, but companies have the option to apply them before that. The German bank, Berenberg, has a buy rating on MicroStrategy shares with a price target of 510 bucks. The stock closed at $353.07 on Thursday, U.S. investment bank Stifle said that American companies could be increasingly receptive to holding digital assets on their books, especially during periods when the market is hot, given the improved impacts to the bottom line. So the FASB, basically what's going on here is that before the FASB has released, is re- going to release this, companies right now, if they take a loss they ha- on, on Bitcoin, they're holding Bitcoin on their books like Michael Saylor. They, they, it, the Bitcoin decides to, you know, go into the toilet and spin around the little drain for a little while. And all of a sudden, the first, that, that quarter, Michael Saylor's got a report that they've taken an impairment loss on the, on the Bitcoin on their books. And then, and then like, let's say that say that, so now we're into the next quarter, right? And Bitcoin rises in value. Let's say that it gains a hundred percent value. Now it's like, of Bitcoin. Oh my God, we're all rich. Yeah, Michael Saylor can't say shit about that in the next quarter's earnings report. He can't say anything about it. He's still at the impairment loss of the quarter before because he's not allowed to actually mark the books up as the price of Bitcoin has gone up. And if the quarter after that the price plummets again and even goes so far down into the toilet that it's below the impairment loss that he actually is reporting from the quarter before. If it goes below that, then he's got to mark that on his books as even more of an impairment loss. And then the next quarter comes up and then now it's $200,000 of Bitcoin. Nope, can't say shit about that in that quarter's report. None of that's fair. That's so beyond not fair. There's no way. The only way that they would be able to take that number and put it on their books, like let's say that Bitcoin goes to $200,000 a coin and all of a sudden Michael Saylor gets panties in a snit and he really needs to have that be able to be reflected on his books, he has to sell it. And then he's got a tax implication. And he sold his Bitcoin, which he doesn't want to do. So, and... I was never aware that this was the way that this shit was, but I guarantee you that this is probably a hell of a lot more. It, it deals in a hell of a lot more than just digital currency. So you got other things on your books and they go down in value 
you've got to t- mark that as an impairment loss. It goes up in value. You can't say shit about it unless you sell it. That is just insane. I'm sorry, but that's just in, insane. So thank God the FASB has finally got their collective shit about themselves and has decided to change this rule and go to fair accounting. All right, now, on to Africa. Bitcoin Magazine is writing this one, literally as Bitcoin Magazine, there's no author. Samara Assets donates $10,000 to support Bitcoin education for women in Africa. $10,000 does not seem like a whole lot of money in today's money, but that is, it is being in Africa, so maybe ten grand, you know, probably goes a hell of a lot farther there than it does here. In a commendable move to advance financial literacy and inclusion, Samara Asset Group has donated ten grand in Bitcoin to Bitcoin Dada, D-A-D-A, per a press release. The Kenyan-based nonprofit initiative is steadfastly working towards empowering African women through extensive financial education, emphasizing Bitcoin's power to bring about transformative change. Bitcoin Dada, D-A-D-A, anchored in the belief that knowledge is empowerment, is convinced that arming African women with the understanding of Bitcoin can pave the way for their financial autonomy. This, in turn, empowers them to play a pivotal role in the burgeoning global digital economy. The notable donation by Samara will significantly aid Bitcoin data in launching novel educational programs and initiatives, furthering its mission to uplift African women in the digital financial realm. Quote, Samara's generous donation to Bitcoin data is a beacon of support for the empowerment of African women. This contribution will fuel our mission to educate, uplift, and inspire women in Kenya and across the continent, fostering a brighter future for African females. We're grateful for Samara being a pillar in this journey of empowerment. Lorraine Marcel Atino, the founder of Bitcoin Data, remarked, Echoing the same sentiments, Patrick Lowry, CEO of Samara, emphasized the organization's core belief, quote, at Samara, we believe in a future where financial empowerment is accessible to everyone, irrespective of gender, race, or geographical location. Our donation to Bitcoin data is a testament to this vision. We're not just investing in Bitcoin businesses. We're investing in a more inclusive and decentralized financial future for all. Put a tie on the suit speak. The commendable efforts <clears throat> of Bitcoin data continue and for those inspired to contribute to this noble cause, you can extend to your support by donating to further Bitcoin education for women in Africa through their official donation link. This is good. I mean, it's, yeah, sure, it's only 10 grand. I get that part. 10 grand is definitely going to go a lot farther in Africa than in most other places. But I know that there's a lot of people out there that might be looking at this as like, oh, it's just this, the gender inclusion and the noise that has been wrapped around the, the inclusivity stuff. Like there's now all these companies have inclusivity statements and they have like, you know, I don't know, you got to use pronouns now. And you got like, there's what I'm getting at is that it's good especially in places where women specifically have basically been shit on because they have in a lot of places. It, it, it just, it's a fact, right? It's, it's not, I'm not making it up. It's, it's actually a fact, but some of the women that I know are fucking brilliant. You want them on your side. 
You do. You want as many of these people on your side as you can possibly get. My problem with all these gender inclusion and, or inclusivity statements and uh, diversity statements is that honestly, I don't think the people that are writing those statements or even the people that are pressuring the other people to write statements like that actually give a shit about inclusivity and diversity or any of that crap. I don't think they do. And they've caused a problem. The problem is, is that now every time somebody like me mentions diversity or inclusivity, it causes other people to cringe because they just don't want to fucking hear it anymore. I get it. I understand that. I totally understand where everybody's coming from on that. It's done a complete disservice to this type of thing because a bunch of suit wearing dickwads decided that they were going to virtue signal to the world that they're good people. And what have they done? They've made everything cringe. So whenever it is that I come across a story about like women in Africa being educated or God forbid women in El Salvador or Latin America, which in many cases, women are kind of treated can, can be treated even worse in Latin America. We still need them on our side And the entire cloud of the inclusivity, diversity, pronouns, gender stuff has made it to where it's even more difficult to include those people in the mission that is what? To get us out of hell. I don't want to be in hell anymore. I want out. I want out. I'm tired of burning in the fires and brimstone of hell. We've been burning in this sea of liquid death for fucking decades. And I'm tired of it. So I appreciate everybody that can get into this. I don't care how they come in as long as they are ethical while they're here and they don't buy shit coins. Just buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, and don't get arrested in Turkey. Why? If you have not seen the movie Midnight Express, I highly recommend that you take the time one of these days and go sit through this movie. It's kind of awful. I mean, the movie itself is very good, but it's the story that they're telling you about this American citizen who got caught smuggling hash out of Turkey and he was busted on the tarmac inside the country and goes to a Turkish prison. That movie, Midnight Express, is where you get the terminology of, God, it can't be any worse than a Turkish prison. That's where we got that. That It came from this movie, and I think it was like late 70s or extremely early 80s. If you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Because this guy's going to be there for almost, what, 12,000 years? No, shit, I shit you not. Prussian Jaw, Cointelegraph, Turkish crypto exchange Thodex chief executive office officer gets 11,000 year sentence for a $2 billion scam. According to a report, the former CEO of Turkish crypto exchange Thodex, Faruk Fatith Ozer, I know I butchered it, was sentenced to 11,196 years in prison by a Turkish court on charges of establishing, managing, and being a member of an organization, qualified fraud, and laundering of property values. The Anatolian Ninth High Criminal Court sentenced Ozer, along with his two siblings, 
to the same jail sentence of 11,196 years, 10 months, and 15 days. <laughs> In prison, along with a $5 million fine, reported Turkish state-run news agency, Andalou Agency. The Turkish... Crypto exchange was one of the largest digital asset trading platforms in the country before it abruptly imploded in 2021. The exchange halted services on the platform without prior notice, and the founder fled the country along with users' assets totaling $2 billion in crypto. At the time, he had refuted all claims of a possible exit scam. You got rugged. The fugitive founder was finally detained in Albania in August of 2022, where he was serving a jail sentence before he was extradited to Turkey in April of 2023 on charges of fraud and money laundering. Ozer was already in jail for failure to submit tax documents since July, while the most recent conviction comes from defrauding customers. The founder of the crypto exchange claimed in court that he and his family are facing an injustice. He said Thodex was just a crypto company that went bankrupt and had no criminal intentions. The Google-translated version of Ozer's court statement read, quote, I'm smart enough to manage all institutions in the world. <laughs> what does that sound like to you? I've got more money than your country, according to Craig Wright. No, I'm smart enough to manage all institutions in the world. This is evident from the company I founded at the age of 22. If I were to establish a criminal organization, I would not act so amateurishly. What is in question is it is clear that the suspects in the file have been victims for more than two years. End quote. Wow. The long drawn out case <clears throat> against the Thodex crypto exchange had 21 defendants, five of whom attended the court hearing in person. The court acquitted 16 defendants of qualified fraud due to lack of evidence and ordered the release of four defendants. The other defendants in the case received varying degrees of sentences based on their involvement in the fraud. 11,196 years, 10 months, and 15 days, ladies and gentlemen, in a Turkish prison. And if you want to know what that's like, make sure and damn sure you go watch Midnight Express. That movie will, uh, yeah, it'll, it's a little traumatizing watching that movie. It's probably, you know, if you're like, I don't know, way younger than I am, it probably won't affect you because you've seen some shit. But when that movie came out, when that movie came out, holy smokes, man. It was like, oh, I don't, I, people, I, it probably crashed the Turkish tourism industry. It was what it was shown in that movie was like, holy, I don't have anything to do with these people. Their prison system by itself is scary enough. And to spend 11,196 years, 10 months and 15 days in one, not what you want to do. Okay. Where are we at? All right. Uh, let's see here. Do, 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 do. I'm just making sure it's something. Hold on. Everybody be cool. All right. Why advanced Bitcoiners? Are you an advanced Bitcoiner? Well, then you should consider upgrading to a Shamir backup. Josef Tetik from Bitcoin Magazine. Self-custody is an absolute must for every Bitcoiner. After the collapse of FTX, BlockFi, Celsius, and many, 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 many others, the merits of not your keys mantra is beyond obvious. However, self-custody comes in many forms. 
That is why advanced Bitcoiners should consider upgrading to a Shamir backup. What is a Shamir backup? Well, it's a method for securely splitting a recovery seed while adding an element of redundancy. For example, with Shamir backup, it is possible to have a three of five recovery seed where the user writes down five lists of recovery words and later needs only three of those lists to recover the wallet. Compared to a setup based on a single list, this brings some serious benefits. An ordinary single list seed is susceptible to a catastrophic loss in case a user loses the list or when a malicious actor discovers it. Mitigating both of these risks simultaneously is impossible in a single seed scenario. The risk of loss can be decreased by creating multiple copies, but that increases a risk of theft. The risk of theft can be decreased by having a single copy, but that increases the risk of loss. Shamir Backup addresses both risks as there are multiple lists which decrease the risk of loss, while a predefined amount of list is required to recover the wallet, decreasing the risk of theft. Oh, makes good sense. Geographical distribution. For Shamir to truly improve the security properties of a seed setup, the individual lists must be kept in separate and different locations. This provides an additional benefit, elimination of a risk of relying on a single location. In case of securing higher amounts of Bitcoin, this is something to consider, as you don't want to be reliant on a single physical location that might become suddenly inaccessible. While such risk might seem far-fetched at a first glance, the recent experience of a Russian invasion of Ukraine proves that such risks may indeed materialize. With a sufficient geographical distribution involved, lo involving locations in multiple countries, Shamir Backup brings peace of mind, coming from the knowledge that whatever happens, a user will be able to recover their funds. Shamir Backup allows for a distributed recovery. A wallet can be recovered without combining the individual lists in one place. The way to do that would be to successively visit all the locations with the Trezor Model T device. The device in a recovery mode remembers the progress of the recovery so that the user can plug it in, like, for example, to, power, to a power bank. Enter the Shamir list, unplug it, and proceed to another location. This eliminates the risk of someone observing the full recovery seed during the recovery process. At most, they would only observe one Shamir list, which is useless by itself. Now, for inheritance planning, every responsible Bitcoiner should have a plan in place to make sure that their loved ones will be able to ac access family Bitcoin savings in case of a catastrophe. On the other hand, no Bitcoiner is comfortable with the knowledge that their Bitcoin is accessible by others while they are still alive and in control of their faculties. With a single seed list, inheritance planning is kind of tricky. Yet again, Shamir comes to the rescue. The way to tackle the problem of inheritance planning with a Shamir backup is to distribute the list among family members, safe deposit boxes and attorneys, etc., etc., and write down a will, pointing to a separate document detailing the location of the lists and the process to recover the wallet. I have described this method in greater detail in a feature article on Bitcoin Magazine, and here is a link. The advantage of using Shamir for inheritance planning is that you can make sure that nobody will be able to recover your wallet 
while you're alive and well. Well, that's great. It means you got to be dead. Shamir backup, when done correctly, such as with a Trezor Model T device, allows for full user control and privacy. The keys never leave the offline environment, and no company or other third parties know about the user setup. Other seemingly similar solutions, such as Ledger Recover or certain assisted multi-sig plans, require full user identification, introducing a risk of sensitive data leaks, which might in turn have serious consequences for users of such services. Switching to a Shamir backup entails creating a fresh new wallet where the funds need to be transferred to through an on-chain transaction. As with all operations involving private keys, it's advisable to use a hardware wallet. Shamir backups were standardized for the hardware wallet use in 2017 by Satoshi Labs' SLIP39 standard and later implemented in the Trezor Model T, as well as several other wallets. When setting up a new wallet with a Trezor Model T, just choose the Shamir Share Backup option when prompted for the backup type and proceed to choose a specific setup like 2 of 3, 3 of 5, 4 of 6, etc., etc., and carefully write down the individual lists of words on paper or preferably use a more durable material such as numerous steel backup solutions. Okay, okay, this is all well and good, right? Um, But, 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 the different geographical locations, that could be an issue. Because you don't know what the future holds. I'm not, I'm not taking a dump on Shamir sharing, okay? It is a good idea. It's, it's an in, and it's a definitely an interesting notion. And it definitely cuts out, you know, any kind of middlemen, like, uh, I don't know, um, like Unchained has a multi-sig service where they hold a key, you hold another key, and then like one of your loved ones holds the third key in a, like a, a two of three multi-sig. You and your loved one can get together and spend the funds. But let's say you die in a fiery plane wreck over the Pacific, right? Which is how everybody wants to go because why just die in your sleep when you can die in a fiery plane wreck over the Pacific? I'm just saying. Me and my sister can get together and spend it. Or if I die, my sister and Unchained can get together and spend it. Or if something happens to my sister, me and Unchained can put that thing together. There's not really that much of a, I'm not really all that much of a scared that Unchained would be able to act in a way that wouldn't be able, that I, that they'd be able to take my money because they don't have two of the, of the seed phrases. But be that as it may, if you just don't want anybody in your business whatsoever, then Shamir Secret Sharing can help you out. But, 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 let's say that you've got Okay, first of all, let's say that you don't you're not dealing with actual real life and that you can afford to have a safety deposit box in Geneva and another one in Sweden and another one in oh, I don't know, Australia and then like the last one in Bolivia. Uh you know, you get what I'm saying. You got to go to all these places to collect up the keys. How much money do those tickets cost? And then you got to stay there. So there's hotel rooms. There's food costs because you got to feed yourself while you're on this little trek. But what happens if a worldwide war breaks out and all of a sudden, like you got a three of five, you need three of these Shamir backups to be able to complete a transaction. 
And yet somehow World War breaks out and you can only get a hold of two because travel to any of the other places that you've put your shit is impossible. That's not good. Okay, so come bring it closer to home. The United States. I got one in Washington State. I got one in Texas. I got one in Tennessee. And I got one in Florida. That'll be fine, right? You don't know. You don't know what tomorrow brings. You have no idea if we get into a civil war. And if that happens and you got borders to cross and you're trying to cross into a border where they, oh shit, you're coming out of Texas. Well, you're not allowed to come into, you know, New Mexico because they want to be blue. Texas is red. And let's say that civil war breaks down along blue and red lines. That could be a problem. So what do you back down to? Well, you, you can keep all of the seeds in different cities in one state. Ah, now you're getting kind of closer to it. Now you're getting a little bit closer. That's where you can almost, almost, almost guarantee that you'll have access to all of those things, but you're still going to need to run around the state of Texas, which, if you didn't know, is a, it's like 15 hours from Dalhart, Texas, down to Brownsville, Texas. That's a long freaking way. El Paso to Texarkana, uh, you better be on, you better be ready to put your ass on a in a car seat for a very long time, unless of course you can get you know if you're gonna fly that that's fine too. But I'm saying that you need to not just say you know what I'm just gonna do Shamir secret. I'm rich. I can afford to fly all these places, and I'm gonna be fine. Are you sure? Are you sure? Uh, I don't know. Now we're not sure about what the hell's going on with library. I thought library was dead. You know, library coin, L-B-R-Y. No, no, no. Zombies are freaking everywhere because they've decided to fight. Blockchain firm, library, files notice of appeal against the SEC. So just when you thought they were dead, they rise from the grave. Martin Young, Cointelegraph, blockchain-based file sharing and payment network, library, appears to be reversing course on an earlier decision to wind down, deciding instead to fight a federal judge ruling in July that sided with Securities and Exchange Commission. On September the 7th, Library filed notice of appeal to the United States Courts of Appeals for the First Circuit Court seeking an appeal uh, or to appeal. The final judgment entered on July the 11th that ordered Library to pay a civil penalty and barred it from participating in unregistered offerings of crypto asset securities in the future. Defendant Library Incorporated now appeals to the United States Courts of Appeal for the First Circuit. This court's final judgment entered July 11, 2023. The SEC first sued Developer Library Incorporated in March of 2021, claiming that its library credit token, or the LBC token, was sold as a security under the 1933 Securities Act. The U.S. District Court for the District of New Hampshire granted the SEC's motion for summary judgment against library on November the 7th, barring the platform from ever offering unregistered crypto asset securities again and ordering it to pay $111,000 in civil penalties to the SEC. God, talk about a slap on the wrist. Holy shit. The regulator originally sought a punishment of $22 million, but changed course after conceding the defunct firm couldn't pay. In January, library founder and CEO Jeremy Kaufman told Cointelegraph that library as a company is almost certainly dead. 
and that's where we get zombies from. Following the final judgment in July, the firm seemed to admit the same, tweeting, quote, in accordance with the court's order and our promises, we expect to spend the next several months winding Library Incorporated down entirely, end quote. However, Library's most recent move appears to be a possible change in course. Rise of the zombies! It also comes amid a number of high-profile crypto industry victories against the federal regulator, including Ripple and Grayscale. Cointelegraph contacted Library for further comment, but hasn't received a response. Mm, yeah, no, no shit. I didn't see it coming. I should have seen it coming. Not because not library itself specifically, but the fact that Grayscale kind of handed the SEC its ass in court is going, yeah, the rise of the zombies. The rise of the zombies is coming. I knew this shit coin season was going to be different. I just didn't realize that we were going to have zombie shit coins walking around going brains. I want your brains. You know what? Screw it. Let's run the numbers. Futures and commodities from CNBC. Oil, West Texas Intermediate, is up almost a full point to $87.72. Brent North Sea is up basically a point to $90.81. Natural gas is up over a point to $2.60 a thousand cubic feet. Gasoline is up damn near a point and a half to $2.66 a gallon. Shiny metal rocks, not having a good day. Gold is down 0.05% to 1941 and 60 cents. Silver is down a third. Platinum down one and two thirds. Copper is down 1.17% and palladium is down damn near a point and a half. Ag not looking all that good either. Lumber is down a half a point. No, no, I, I take that back. Lumber is unchanged. Uh, wheat is down a half a point, but the biggest loser today is sugar. 1.8% to the downside. Biggest winner is chocolate. to the upside. I got live cattle is down a third. Lean hogs is up. Nope, nope. Flipping flipping red. 1.06% to the downside. Feeder cattle looking precariously close to flipping red as as well. But right now it's 0.08% to the upside. Uh, Indices looking good for whatever the hell that means. Dow is up uh, a fifth of a point. S&P is up a fifth of a point. NASDAQ is up a quarter of a point. And the S&P mini is up scant, 0.09%. Real money, what's it doing? $25,866. We got uh, 0.47 BTC as an average transaction value and 14 cents. That's right, 14 United States pennies as the median transaction value. That means that everybody is doing inscriptions right now. Who's buying these things? Honestly, who? I mean, it's like this. It's been like this forever. It's almost as if it's a malicious attempt to screw up the blockchain while we're seeing price depression. Ah, who would have guessed that one, right? Uh, 0.23 BTC being taken in fees on a per block basis and 50 point. You know what? Something is very, very, very wrong with bitinfocharts.com. I'm going to go with 32.68 BTC has been taken in fees overall in the last 24 hours. With a 5.83% increase in hash rate, we are at 384.7 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is Doge, 6.3 United States pennies, which is basically where it's been for weeks because it's a shitcoin and nobody cares. 
$501.7 billion of market capitalization for Bitcoin is nine, no, 3.91% of gold's market cap. You may purchase 13.5 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,479,549.32 of. And 4,753 and a half of those are in the Lightning Network, again valued at $122.5 million, being run over 16,204 nodes that we understand to be able to see, and 68,535 payment channels that we know about. 73.3% of all this shit's being run over Tor. Mempool's looking packed and stacked. We're looking at. Essentially, we're looking at over 220 blocks carrying 569,000 unconfirmed transactions, high priority transactions. You're going to pay 35 Satoshis per V-byte. Low priority is 32. If you have a the transaction in mempools around the world uh, that are have a transaction fee attached to them that's under 7.67 Satoshis, yeah, you're going to get kicked out. You're going to get kicked out. 375.5 exahashes per second, according to mempool.space. So that's close enough for me. Uh, I'm still in the top 10. I think I'm number 10. Doesn't matter. I got there because of people like Wartime Psycho with threes across the board. 33, 33 says, period. No, literally. It's like literally a, a period. Dubrovko with 1050 per El Salvador. Our owners don't like well-educated chattel. With that, Giving your populace a well enough education that it acts outside of the economic hitman's goal of their own accord is a cooable offense, so be careful. He comes back with 1040. Please note, SBF, when advertising your paper, rug pool, grift, whatever, on the most expensive television commercial slot possible, it will probably be used against you in court. That's a big oof. Dubrovko with 1030 says... Uh, per the interview, interesting that people still call themselves reverend. Great interview. Yeah. And Dubrovko again coming in at 1020 for episode 786 regarding streaming your private keys. Someone posted an NTF for sale at a fraction of its previous sale value. A bot bought it up before he was even had the chance to change something and he knew he missed up as soon as he hit send. Another big oof. He replies to that. Also, the government's friends haven't bought enough BTC at a discount yet. That is why we don't have a spot. <laughs> yeah, no shit, dude. Pies with 500. Loved your take on the primal situation. Pies comes back again with 100. Thank you, sir. No, thank you. And that will do it for the weather report. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. We're going to start out with no strudel. No strudel. Like Noster, but no strudel. Get it? See where this is going? Yes, it's a Noster client that I have been heretofore unaware of, and it is called no strudel. You can get to it at nostrudel.ninja. That is like Noster, right? N-O-S-T-R-U-D-E-L dot ninja no strudel dot ninja i would love to be able to describe what it is that i'm seeing but i kind of can't it it's a different layout but it's got some really cool features like for instance it it has streams 
like it's picking up streams, I guess from, I don't know. I, I I'm guessing that it's from, um, well, it's from different people clearly, but I think it's picking up zap streams. So, and it's like right here, it's embedded in the client. I can go to lists as a button. These are all buttons. And then all of a sudden the client turns over and I can see special list, people list, bookmark, and I can make my own list. If you are missing the list function from Twitter because you told Elon where you could go stuff it and you don't use Twitter anymore, which is, you know, good on you, but you miss some of the features like lists. Well, apparently you can make lists in nostrudel.ninja. There are goals, uh, which I, I, I'm like, I can go and I gave, I gave 21 sats to BTC sessions who has a goal. And he says the goal's name is a nice cup of coffee. So this appears to be a different kind of event type, but I zapped his goal with 21 Satoshis and he is now at 0.1% of his goal to get a nice cup of coffee, BTC sessions. I think you're going to be shit out of luck, as is most of the people on this list. There's several goals that look like Noster events or like notes, but there's a button on it that says zap goal and it gives you a progress bar. And BTC Sessions is the only one that named his one. No, I take that back. Sedge, I take that back. Sedge, S-E-D-J, says he wants new eardrums. So I'm going to zap his ass with uh, 21 sats. That's right. Let's do that right now. Zapping 21 sats to his goal. And pay now. And now it's updated. I have given him... 0.2% of what he needs to be able to buy his ass some new eardrums. Uh, There's emojis. Uh, Find packs. Oh, wow. There's whole emoji packs. Holy shit. Reminds me of uh, Tenor on Telegram. Uh, There's a map? No way, dude. You've got to be shitting me. A map? What is it? Okay, it's showing me a map of the world, but there's nothing on it. Uh, Search this area. Oh. Oh my. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Uh, be aware this map somehow or another, if you, I guess it's reading your bio. And if you've put your geographical location in there, it will put you on a map. Guys, go check out nostrudel.ninja. Again, that is nostrudel.ninja. Tell the developer I sent you to him because this, this is something that I'm going to be exploring as well. And this leads me to to say the following i love the noster ecosystem i know everybody like so many people i can't believe i hate it when people use the word ecosystem well what, what do you got a replacement word you let me know and make sure that you give me 10,000 satoshis and a boostergram and i'll read your idea out on the air but otherwise i'm going with ecosystem because every single day I turn around, I'm seeing something brand new. And not only is it brand new, it's fun to explore. There's so much shit over here on nostrudel.ninja. <coughs> it's fun. It's like exploring again and again and again. And guess what? It's all the same protocol. And I can interact with this protocol, with this client. And I'm going to be bringing over all the people that follow me. I'm going to be able to interact with all the people that I follow. Nothing has changed. I don't have to rebuild a you know a client or a um, a following list. 
or you know I'll it's already all there that's that's if I if somebody were to say okay you can take one ideal that is Noster to you with you on your trip forever for the rest of your life to a deserted island what would it be and it would be that one the fact that I can go to any new client no matter who releases how many clients in a year for the next 500 years so far as I'm actually alive I will never have to rebuild my personal ecosystem of followers and the people that I follow. All the notes that I've posted, all the notes that my friends have posted, everything that we've ever done to interact with each other. And yes, there's some storage issues there. I'm sure relay runners will get around all that. The point is, when I went to Threads, I was like, you really? I got to go find all the Bitcoiners again? Totally not interested. Blue Sky, you know what I use it for? To announce the show, just so I have another place for the uh, search engine optimization algorithms of the world to read about the fact that I've released the show. I don't interact with anybody on Blue Sky. I was barely interacting with anybody on Threads before they, before I got hosed on that one. No, Nostra is the only way to go. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe me, well, I, I can't help you. You're, you, you will forever be finding a new platform and having to rebuild your following. And if you really want to do that, more power to you. But I'm done. By the way, the guy that built No Strudel, oh, hold on, I got to reload it, is, what's his name? Come on, come on. Uh, HZRD149. All right, so he's the guy, or it's the guy, or she's the guy, or whatever, that's behind nostrudel.ninja that's hazard 149 it's hzrd149 so go find that person on whatever nostra client you're using and give that little dude a follow kenyan officials call worldcoin a gang of criminals who are coming to harvest data at least somebody gets it. Decrypt, Matt DeSalvo tells us more. Kenyan authorities continue to scrutinize controversial project WorldCoin by grilling CEO Alex Blania on Wednesday. At a parliamentary ad hoc meeting, lawmakers voiced privacy concerns surrounding this particular shitcoin. One lawmaker said that the project's arrival to Kenya looks like a gang of criminals who are coming to harvest data from young people. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It doesn't look anything like that. It is that. That's exactly what it is. WorldCoin is a cryptocurrency project launched by Silicon Valley bigwig, OpenAI CEO Sam Altman Fried. It aims to create a network of users that have verified that they are humans and not bots or AI algorithms. To sign up, users get their eyeballs scanned by orbs, but privacy advocates are kind of having a problem. Kenya's interior ministry suspended the project after it came steamrolling into the African country. The government then created a 15-member parliamentary committee to investigate this shit. And in Europe, German data watchdog, the Bavarian State Office for Data Protection Supervision, and France's National Commission on Informatics and Liberty are also examining the legality of WorldCoin. But WorldCoin and its backer, Tools for Humanity insists the project is privacy protecting. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. At yesterday's meeting, Blania told lawmakers that WorldCoin is designed to be privacy preserving as an inherent design of the protocol. Bullshit. 
That's what I call the tools for humanity. Chief legal officer, Thomas Scott told the committee that WorldCoin was not mining data from Kenyans for malicious activity. Quote, just like Facebook, just like Uber, we're, we're able, we're available in Kenya and we're not doing business here. We're not doing business here. So it's okay. He said, meanwhile, in Argentina, WorldCoin is breaking records. The project said Thursday that in August, demand for world ID in the country drove a new single-day record for orb verifications when 9,500 people signed up. Oh, God. Yeah, right. Quote, I think the first major thing that stands out is that Argentina specifically is one of the most crypto-forward countries in the world, Blani has said in an announcement. No, it's because they're getting jacked by inflation every single day. And at this point, anything that is outside of Argentina that they can wrap their little red hands around is looks like an escape valve. Anything works. Anything works. I could take a mail, like a, a mail in scam down to Argentina. And I swear to God, I would get takers. No, 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 no. They're trying to escape. They have no idea what the hell WorldCoin is. They don't know the implications of having their freaking iris scanned by this orb. They don't know. They don't know. They don't know. The entire project is not only unethical, it's immoral. And anybody that has anything to do with this, I hope they burn in the eternal fires of brimstone in the deepest pits of hell. And whatever's left over is taken by carrion feeders out of hell and strewn around the cosmos, hopefully by a black hole so that their bones fall into it and become nothing. There's nothing about the people behind WorldCoin that is admirable or above board or anything other than death cloaked in thievery, wearing sheep's clothing. Fuck these people. I hope they all die. Now, Join, joinster. Let's get back to something that doesn't piss me off. Something about Noster. From No Bullshit Bitcoin, we have joinster. Decentralized coin join implementation using Noster. Yeah, hell yeah, bro. Quote, joinster sets itself apart from the coin join implementations through several key features, like no centralized coordinator, Better UI UX, like, you know, Joinster prioritizes the user experience, ensuring a smoother and more intuitive interface for participants. It has a simple implementation. That implementation is straightforward, making it accessible to a wide range of users. There's no fidelity bonds, so it doesn't require participants to lock up fidelity bonds, offering more flexibility. It has an anonymous founder. Uh, well, hopefully it remains anonymous. Uh, that project maintains a commitment to anonymity aligning with its privacy-centric goals. Quote, Joinster operates by creating a coin join transaction with the coordination of the Noster protocol following these steps. One, register the output. Participants register their desired output using the Noster protocol. Create a partially signed Bitcoin transaction with user's input. Joinster collects all registered outputs and creates a partially signed Bitcoin transaction with the user's input. The PSBT is signed with the SIG hash all. Anyone can pay flag. Number three, combine PSBTs. 
Joinster then combines the signed PSBTs from all the participants in the CoinJoin round and four, broadcast the CoinJoin transaction once a significant number of signed PSBTs are received, typically from five people, or participants rather. Joinster finalizes the CoinJoin transaction by combining the PSBTs. This combined transaction is then broadcast to the Bitcoin blockchain. This is all happening over Noster. It's almost as if I got to ask the question, it's Noster. What can't it do? And it it appears that the answer is fast becoming, it can pretty much do everything. Is it a communication? Is Does it have something to do with digital communication? Then it can probably be executed over Noster. If not now, then probably later. But there's other fish to fry. And his name is Salame Ryan. That's right. Salame Ryan. Former FTX exec Ryan Salame forfeits $1.5 billion, billion with a B in a plea deal. Decrypt Matt DeSalvo. Former FTX executive Ryan Salame pled guilty to criminal campaign finance violation charges in a Manhattan court on Thursday. Pausing to note that Sam Bankman Fried's charges of criminal campaign finance violations have been dropped. Supposedly, they're going to be picked back up in a different trial, but this guy's going down for it today. During the hearing, Salame appeared before Judge Kaplan, who's also set to oversee Sam Bankman Fried's case. He pled guilty to conspiring to make unlawful contributions and defraud the Federal Elections Commission. As part of his plea deal with the Department of Justice, he's agreed to forfeit $1.5 billion. You know where he got that money? He got it from FTX users. Is the United States government going to take that $1.5 billion and put it into the pot that is being controlled by the liquidators of FTX and or Alameda? Probably not. Which means the government is going to keep the money that was stolen from United States citizenry. That's right. That's right. There's nobody has any ethics whatsoever. That's an easy call. You give that shit back to the liquidators to put it back into the pot so that when they start paying out creditors, they're going to have that $1.5 billion to pay those creditors with to help with everybody who lost their money. But that's not going to happen, is it? No, it's not. Why? Because we live in a country that's run by criminals. That's right. The news was originally reported by Bloomberg before the former executive's court appearance. Salame was the co-CEO of FTX Digital Markets and was said to have handled political donations on behalf of the now defunct crypto exchanges executives. FBI agents in April raided Homeboy's Washington, D.C. home. He was accused of giving $24 million to Republicans using FTX customer cash, but prosecutors have not yet announced criminal charges against him. However, the New York Times has reported that he's the subject of an investigation related to campaign finance violations. The news comes as FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried prepares for the start of his own criminal trial in October, having recently been denied a motion for his immediate release from prison. (laughs) FTX and its related entities filed for bankruptcy back in November. Yes, we know. But prosecutors allege that Bankman-Fried 
and others recklessly handled client cash by commingling it and making risky bets leading to a $7 billion hole, of which $1.5 billion now being reclaimed by the United States government will not be involved in the payout to those creditors. So, you know, thank you, Uncle Sam, for going, whoo, I can't believe we get to steal money legally from somebody who stole money illegally, and nobody's going to get their money back. We get to keep it. It's just that simple. It's sham wow all over again. Now, Nostra Development Kit version 1.0 has been released, and we're calling it the Outbox Model. Again, Outbox, like outhouse, except it's a box, so it's Outbox. Uh, Sorry, I, I guess I shouldn't have compared it to a toilet. That's very wrong of me. Bad host, bad host, bad host. Quote, When I set out to write NDK, my main goal was implementing the gossip protocol, now known as Outbox model. I wanted Nostra applications to have decentralizing tendencies by default. Transparent to the developer wrote our good friend Pablo F7Z. That's right, Pablo again. Pablo's everywhere. Pablo's every. Pablo is like the tooth fairy. He comes and visits you at night. And he apparently fixes all your shit for you while he's taking your teeth from under your pillow and leaving you, oh, I don't know, a brand new client to interact with or a data vending machine. Who knows? After a few failed attempts, it's finally here, which paired with a bunch of non-backward compatible changes prompts me to do major version bumps. Quote, in short, the outbox model allows Nostr to fragment instead of everybody coalescing around a few popular relays and using things like Blaster. Nostr simply doesn't work without the outbox model. The outbox model comes disabled by default for now. As soon as I test it more thoroughly, it will be the default. The outbox model will largely be transparent to you and will work on the background once you enable it. So, I won't get into the rest of this. You got to go look at outbox for yourself. But... Pablo is one of my favorite people in Nostrum. The man doesn't need sleep, and I'm getting to wonder if he even needs to eat. I think the man actually may be a machine. This is incredible work out of Pablo. I cannot cannot thank you enough for the work that you've done. The treasure and the time and the talent that you've given over to this project will literally live forever in the hearts and minds of all of us that love the Nostra protocol. We're taking, we're going to take your fire. We're going to take that torch. We're going to keep that son of a bitch lit, Pablo. I swear to God, I promise you, brother. Now, on to the UK, where a charity called the Great North Air Ambulance is going to accept Bitcoin donations. Nick Hoffman, Bitcoin Magazine today, the Great North Air Ambulance Service, a vital air ambulance charity serving the Northeast, North Yorkshire, Cumbria, and the Isle of Man, has teamed up with Coin Corner, a leading Bitcoin and Lightning service provider, to accept Bitcoin donations on their website. Quote, We're delighted to be working with the Great North Air Ambulance Service as they embrace Bitcoin. A growing number of charities are realizing the benefits of accepting Bitcoin, Uh, from opening up to a world of borderless donations to reducing the time and costs associated with traditional payment methods. This innovative and forward-thinking approach is changing the future of payments, end quote. 
The partnership with Coin Corner represents a significant step forward for GNAAS, or GNAS, I guess, as they become one of the first air ambulance services in the UK to accept Bitcoin donations. The innovative approach aims to leverage the benefits of Bitcoin, providing supporters with an alternative method to contribute to their life-saving mission. So, NAS, GNAS, is accepting Bitcoin for their donations. You know who else accepts Bitcoin for their donations? If you wanted to donate to a university, you know, foundation. I'm, I'm, I'm pausing for effect because I discovered this when I was looking at Washington State University's website, they, in fact, through what it was, was it called? It's, it, they, they accept every shit coin under the sun. And here's why, because they're working with a partner. Like in this case, you know, Ganass is working with Coin Corner. Well, these guys are working with like, I think it's like Gift Bitcoin or something like that. And they, Gift Bitcoin will literally, or, or not Gift Bitcoin, Gift Coin or something like that. They'll take anything. They will literally take anything and that service converts it directly to cash. And then you, they take it and they give it to whatever foundation you're going to support. What I found interesting though, <clears throat> was that given all the facts that they, they installed this at Washington State University at their foundation, Last year, in the middle of everything blowing up, everything is catching on fire, trees being knocked down, houses being swept up by hurricanes and thrown thousands of miles away. And in the middle of it all, here's Washington State University say, yeah, we're going to accept it anyway. Even though what they end up with is cold, hard cash, whether you donate Bitcoin or any of the other number of shit coins that is allowed on this particular platform, they have it embedded in their foundation's damn website. I find that fairly forward-looking. And upon asking the question to somebody who knows as to whether or not it's being utilized, the answer was no. It's been live for a year and not a single person has used it. Probably because they don't advertise it. It is on their website, but that doesn't mean very much. I just thought that that was interesting. I thought you might think it was interesting. So if you you are an ex-cougar from Washington State University, at least they're trying. At least they're being fairly forward-looking, at least in that particular case. Um, do we want to do this one? Oh, there's a, been a lot of deaths in crypto, but you know what? We're not going to do that one. What we're going to do is end it right here. That's going to do it for the morning roundup. Friday, Friday, Friday. Dad says jokes day. I tripped over in France today. Are you okay, man? Yeah, Eiffel over. Eiffel. That's very good. That's very good. Very good joke there. Um, If you want to support the show, Podcasting 2.0 is the way to go. Give me Boostergram. Throw me streaming Satoshis. Anything. Give me a question. Point the finger at me and laugh. I literally don't care. But along with that, I still, I, I'm be always being remiss to tell people to go over to Wave Lake and start supporting the artists that are over there with Satoshis. I know we keep, 
we keep leveraging the Bitcoin crowd to give up their Satoshis, to give up their hard-earned Bitcoin, even if it is just fractions of a Bitcoin. I get it. I really do. And at one point or another, I wish there was a way I could just feed Wavelake Fiat Cash, have it in- instantly converted to Bitcoin, and then use that because at that point, I'm just getting rid of, I'm just burning Fiat and getting rid of it and, and hopefully having it go for a good cause. And there's no better cause than this one. It doesn't mean that there's not as good a causes, but this one is near and dear to my heart as somebody who once, when they were a kid, dreamed of going into the music industry, I'm glad that I didn't. Because the way the music industry is today is nothing that I would have ever, ever, ever wanted to be involved with. Talk about WorldCoin being a bunch of scum-sucking miscreants. (laughs) Try the modern music industry as we know it today. Almost all of the music you hear for the last decade and a half at least. Actually, I'm going to take it all the way back to when Lars Ulrich got in, into a suit and sat in front of a bunch of senators and House of Representative people, because he was in, I think he was in both chambers, bitching and moaning about Napster and how they were being crushed monetarily because of it. The music industry was never the same. And it got worse and worse and worse and worse. And now all you get is Taylor Swift. You get Swifties. That's what you get. You don't get good new music. Well, actually, I take that back. I'm wrong. You do. But you have to go to Wavelake to go get it. And you have to listen to it. And you have to like actually do what we used to do instead of being spoon-fed what you're supposed to listen to. You can discover what you want to listen to. You don't get that with the modern music industry. You can only get that with something like Wavelake. But while you're there, if you don't help support the artist and let them know that they are getting boosted, you only have to give them 21 sats. You can give more, but you only have to give them 21 sats because it's the, it's the, the thing when they go in and they get notifications that people are listening to their stuff, that's what they want to see. If nobody is, is doing that, and I'm not saying that, this, that Wave Lake's in danger. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying we need more of it because we need more artists to not go into legacy mainstream music industry and come over to our side of the world where things finally make sense, where people actually care about each other where people respect each other's work, where people talk about each other in nice terms. <clears throat> if we can get more artists in the music from the music industry to come over to places like Wavelake and interact with us on protocols like Noster, Bitcoin, Lightning, soon to, co- soon to be ARC, Cashew, whatever, then the more we're going to grow. And hopefully that will bring people that want to make movies and documentaries and television shows and video games. It goes on from there, but it's got to start. In my opinion, it's got to start with the music industry and sucking the living life out of it and bring it over to our side. The only way to do that is to actively engage with the artists that are already present on Wavelake. Go to Wavelake, W-A-V, 
L-A-K-E, not W-A-V-E, you'll get to something completely different. It's W-A-V, like wave file, dot W-A-V, right? Wavelake.com or whatever. I think it's, I'm pretty sure it's dot com. In fact, let me just make absolutely certain it is wavelake.com. And I'm going to leave you to get played out with gravity from the album That's Gravity from the artist known as Jeff Smith. I've been sitting here thinking about gravity Around the universe reaching out and grabbing me It's like everything's pulling me back to you I've been wondering if it's unreality Or if somebody up there is glad at me It's like everything's pulling me back to you I don't need to see it I just got to believe it And I know you can believe it too Cause it's true I've been staring at the night sky wondering What's really keeping me under it It's like everything's pulling me back to you Just got to believe it, you know I know that you can believe it too Cause it's true But I could just close my eyes And deny you And not see skies of blue But you Everywhere Thinking about gravity Reaching out and grabbing me and pulling me back to you mm-hmm. I've been sitting here thinking about gravity Just reaching out and grabbing me and pulling me back to you Pulling me back to you That's gravity pulling me back to you That's gravity pulling me back to you This has been Bitcoin and... And I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.